Chapter 17 I don't want to move to Toledo. Marco swept his plate of spaghetti onto the floor. It was dinner time. Alicia had made a spaghetti with jar marinara and frozen meatballs. Somewhere in heaven, Ma was no doubt groaning once again at my choice of women. Marco, hang on for a minute. Let me explain some stuff to you. Alicia knelt beside him. This is something your mother wants you to do. She's agreed to take a plea deal, which will give her the chance to get you back. If she didn't do that, you would go into foster care and... She doesn't ever get to see you again. I don't care. I'm not leaving my friends. Marco looked at me pleadingly. Look, kid. There are things in everybody's life that don't go the way they want them to. You just have to deal with it. This way you can go visit your mother. You can still have contact with her. And when she's out, she stays off the drugs. You guys will have the rest of your lives together. No, I'm not going. He jumped up, tipping his chair over backwards, and ran upstairs to his room. The door slammed loudly. I looked at Alicia. (sighs) What now, counselor? She stood up and dusted off her hands. Let's give him a few minutes to calm down, and we'll ask him about Anna Maria. In the living room, her cell phone rang, the metallic ringtone muffled deep in her purse. Hang on a minute. Out of sight, I heard her answer the phone. Hello. Oh, hi. No, baby, Uh, of course I'm glad you're home. Probate boy. Had to be. Alicia's voice began to escalate. You're where? Excuse me. Connor, wait a minute. Yes, that's my car. Connor, I can explain. Hang hang on a minute. Connor. Connor. There was a moment of silence as the phone call ended. Shit. I got up and went to the living room. Hey, what's up? It's Connor. He's back two days early. He drove by late last night and saw the car parked here. He called my office today, and the staff told him that I'd taken the day off to take care of you. you know, why would he drive by last night? What would make him think you'd be here? Apparently, he drove to my place after his plane got in. He wanted to surprise me. When my car wasn't there, he drove to my office. When I wasn't there, he just started driving around. He wouldn't have come here unless he knew where to look. Unless he suspected something. She chewed at her lip, but didn't answer. What had she said or done to make her fiancé think he had reason to worry? Maybe she hadn't said anything, at least out loud. Like Mia Zitkowski, who came to me suspecting something with no evidence other than a feeling in her gut, Connor Morrissey just knew. And he was right to be suspicious. Go talk to him then. Be honest. Lying or avoiding it only makes it worse. It won't be easy. But it's really best that way. She gathered up her things. I gotta go. I'll call you later, okay? Her farewell kiss was brief, distracted. My stomach sank. Would he talk her into staying, or would she do what she promised and leave him for me? If she was leaving me just as I'd pinned my hopes on us beginning again, I don't think I could stand it. I had to put that fear behind me. There were other things more pressing than my heart. I needed to talk to Marco. I went upstairs and knocked on his door. What? I need to talk to you. Go away. I need to ask you a couple questions about Ipo, Anna Maria. The bed springs squeaked and Marco opened the door. What do you want? You said you heard the threatening phone call Anna Maria got the night before she died. Could you hear anything the caller said? 
We sat down together on the side of the bed. If I tell you what I know, do I still have to leave? Pain filled his eyes. I put my hand on his shoulder. He'd only been here a couple days, but he'd changed my life as much as I'd apparently changed his. I hated the thought of him leaving, too, but I couldn't raise a kid. He deserved better than the foster care system, too, bouncing from house to house, stranger to stranger. I caught a glimpse of his ratty backpack, his only belongings. If his aunt was any kind of human being, the kid would get everything he needed. Listen, kid, I can't keep you here forever. You've seen what a crazy schedule I have, gone all the time, working all hours. And then if something happens, like me getting knocked in the head, you'd be here alone most of the time. It's just not a good thing. It's better for you to go live someplace where you've got family around. You know, somebody will make sure you get to school, keep you fed, make sure you have a good life. Marco wrapped his scrawny arms around my waist. I rubbed the top of his kinky bleached blonde hair and returned the hug. I'm gonna miss you, Fitz. Yeah, I'm gonna miss you too, kiddo. About Ipo, you told the detective that you weren't at her house the night she got killed. That wasn't true, was it? No. I mean, yes, it, it was true. I was at my house with my mom. He pulled away from me. Marco, this is serious. If you saw who shot her, you need to tell us. You're not going to be in any trouble. I told you, I wasn't there. When she got the phone call Thursday night, could you hear anything that was said? Kinda. Was it a man or a woman? A man. Joe Pecorini just landed back in the suspect pool. What did he sound like? Flashy Pete's voice was loud, but distinctly nasal in a Pittsburgh douchebag kind of way. Either way, my two main suspects aren't doing anything to clear themselves. I don't know. The way she held the phone made it hard to understand. The words all kind of ran together. I just know whoever it was was yelling. Loud. What did you hear her say? She said, I didn't say anything. I didn't tell anyone. It's not what you think at all. And whoever it was must have threatened her because she screamed and dropped the phone. Wait a minute. You told me that you were upstairs when she got that call. So what? I, I was at the bottom of the stairs. She saw me when she looked up. I said, Ipo, are you okay? And she smiled kind of funny and said she was fine. And that was it. But she didn't call the cops. Marco shook his head. Hmm. Now, that must have been when she texted me wanting my services. If you were there when she got shot, you would tell me, right? He crossed his arms defensively. I told you. I wasn't there when it happened. Why don't you believe me? Because I've talked to kids like you before. Kids who were too scared or too stupid to tell an adult when they were in serious trouble. You won't be in trouble if you tell the truth, Marco. You'll be doing the right thing, helping to find who killed Anna Maria. I am telling the truth. Okay. Think about it. When you're ready to talk, I'll listen. I went downstairs and flipped through the channels and settled on something innocuous. I kept glancing at my cell phone on the coffee table in front of me, hoping I'd hear from Alicia. But no texts ever crossed the phone's screen, and the phone never rang. Maybe I shouldn't have expected so much. Maybe she was just too upset to come back here. Maybe I just needed to give her some space. She said she'd come back, right? After a few minutes, Marco came down to join me sullenly and silently sitting at the other end of the couch. We didn't say much the rest of the evening. 
About nine, he went back upstairs to go to bed. My head was beginning to throb again. I went to the kitchen to get a pain pill and headed upstairs to my own bedroom. When I awoke the next morning, the sun was bouncing off the bright new snow outside, shooting more pain straight into my brain. I moaned and rolled out of bed, rubbing the sleep from my eyes. The clock by my bed said 7.30. I called down the hall for the kid. Marco, you up? We're running behind, but we can still make it to school on time. Nothing. I staggered down the hall to the john. Marco! I hollered as I flushed. We gotta get going. We can grab breakfast in the drive-thru if you get dressed right now. Still nothing. I threw open the guest bedroom door. God damn it. Marco and his ratty backpack were gone. The bed was made and a small envelope lay on the pillow. Downstairs, my cell phone rang. I rushed down to grab the call. It wasn't Marco. I picked up my phones and saw it was Barnes. Hey, I'm assuming you've got my little juvenile delinquent. I woke up this morning, he was gone. Oh, I, I'm not calling. What the fuck has the kid done now? Uh, no idea where he is. I'm calling about something else. There's been a shooting. A guy named Steve Harrison. Your business card was found on the floor. <laughs> 